Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome to Hard Currency, the Financial Times podcast on the main developments this week in the foreign exchange market. I am Roger Blitz, and on the agenda this week is the old central bank bogeyman, inflation. In Canada, they are so confident that it can be tamed that they went ahead and raised rates for the first time in seven years. But in the US, such confidence seems to have disappeared. And despite strong growth and jobs creation, the old doubts about inflation have resurfaced. Meanwhile, the notable development in the UK was the initial silence of Bank of England Governor Ben Broadbent on the big debate about whether to raise rates and then his relative dovishness. So, one step forward, two steps back maybe. And how will European Central Bank view the inflation conundrum when it meets next week. With me to discuss all these developments is, I'm delighted to say, Kamal Sharma, G10 FX strategist at Bank of America, Merrill Lynch. Kamal, welcome. Just starting with the Bank of Canada, they've raised rates. This is a moment, isn't it? First central bank outside of the US to raise rates for seven years. I mean, who would have thought that the Bank of Canada would have been the first to follow the Fed? It's really reasserting its traditional role as the first mover behind the Fed historically, uh, they have obviously had very strong links. But uh, you know, given the run-up of hawkish commentary uh, over the past month and a half, it was almost impossible for them to turn back. They they had a stated goal; they wanted to signal to the market that they were ready to uh, uh, tighten policy, effectively take back the two fifty basis points um, or the fifty basis points of rate cuts yes. uh, that they thought were an emergency measure to stabilize the economy. And he followed through on on the on the rate hike because there was a lot of talk about buy the rumour, sell the fact, the Canadian dollar is going to fall off. Hey, presto, it's, it rose 1% because of the very strong uh, view he gave that actually we're probably ready to do this again. Indeed, I think the, the market sometimes gets a little bit um, tied up in this dovish rate hike narrative, which has been oh. a persistence theme uh, between uh, the markets and the Fed. This was not a dovish rate hike. This was a rate hike with hawkish, um, uh, with hawkish tones. We still expect the uh, the Bank of Canada will hike again, probably in Q1 2018, but we readily admit that the risks are that that could be sooner rather than later. But certainly, if we look at the, the, the Canadian economy, uh, a common thing amongst many central banks is that, yes, inflation continues to undershoot. There are some transitory factors, which means it will be under target. But again, the age-old problem of imbalances in your economy, a very strong Canadian housing market, uh, housing market strength in other countries, and obviously financial conditions, which Yellen has been talking about are the major driver here, that there is some frustration, I think, that uh, inflation still meaningfully uh, remains below the, the, the central bank targets. Contrast that, Stephen Pollos, with Janet Yellen, who told the US Congress, mm. having said at last month's uh, Fed meeting, actually, I'm also relaxed about uh, inflation. She said, oh, actually, I'm not so sure. We're going to actually watch it pretty closely. And there may be some transitory elements of inflation, actually. There may be things we don't know about. So she she rode back a bit. She went wobbly, didn't she? You could almost say that she's reverted back to type, yeah. in, in a way, Roger. Exactly. Um, Lael Brainard uh, effectively flagged 
what uh, Yellen was going to say by saying that you know we're not too far away from our concept of neutral uh, Fed funds rate, which suggests maybe another fifty to hundred basis points on top of the uh, on top of the Fed funds. But as far as Yellen is concerned, again, um, since the Sintra um, symposium, there has been this uh, collective thought amongst markets that maybe we are seeing something more coordinated. Maybe there is central banks are prepared to look through their inflation targets, uh, look at other things in the economy, such as frothy equity markets, as Yellen uh, mentioned. Um, but ultimately, you know, a central bank is judged on its one mandate, which is this inflation goal. And, and Yellen has uh, has effectively reverted back to what she always has been, which has been more dovish than than uh, than, than many on the on the FOMC. Which can only confuse the markets, because look, I mean, there's the reaction to the Canada move. Up goes Canadian two-year yields. Up goes uh, the Canadian dollar. <laughs> there's Yellen. Down goes the US dollar. Down goes Treasury yields. So, I mean, look, typically the market, you know, look looks at one issue and faces both ways on this. I mean, do, do, do we need to, uh, are we, am I in danger of over-interpreting these, these contrasting market moves? I, I don't think you are. I think one thing we've got to remember is that not only did uh, the dollar underperform against uh, the CAD, but it's been underperforming against sterling, the euro, the Swedish krona, kiwi and Aussie. What is that telling us? Well, it's telling us one thing, that the Fed has always been the lead central bank in yeah. terms of tightening. And when we head into a Fed tightening cycle, the dollar's rate advantage generally tends to widen against these currencies and therefore the dollar outperforms. But hey, presto, we're into a Fed tightening cycle and we've had the first mover behind them, which is the Bank of Canada. So ultimately, if you look at um, you know front-end nominal two-year rate differentials for the US versus its G10 counterparts, that's hardly moved. In fact, it's been moving slightly against the dollar. So the Fed generally helps the dollar into a tightening cycle, but through a tightening cycle, yeah. the dollar generally tends to underperform. The other thing that people were looking out for was comment about the unwinding of the balance sheet. And actually, she pretty, pretty much said the same thing, didn't she? It's going to happen at some point this year. But is she, do you think, anticipating the kind of market reaction to that? I mean, do you think the market's still to price that in? Um, I think that Bullard made a, a very interesting point a couple of uh, weeks ago when he said, I want to make balance sheet normalisation as boring as possible. <laughs> so you can see where they're coming yeah. from here. September, obviously, is going to be the, the month where we expect a more active and and detailed discussion. Uh, we await the details. The Fed, uh, the New York Fed, has released some numbers as to how it thinks it's going to taper the balance sheet. Simple fact is no one's done this on the scale that we've yeah. seen before. So it remains to be seen how much of an impact this could well be on uh, on the dollar. But certainly, if you believe that a tightening of the balance sheet uh, leads to some tightening of financial conditions, then, you know, that part of the, the Fed's mandate is actually doing some of the job uh, that uh, that Yellen's been concerned about, i.e. this easing of financial yeah. conditions. Kamal, the Bank of England. Thank God we don't have to talk about Brexit because it didn't seem like the market was really reacting to anything to do with Brexit this week. But there seems to be a heightened expectation about the next policymakers' comments. Broadbent goes silent at the beginning of the week. He later amplifies his views. What do you think of the market's take on on, on those developments this week? Well, it's interesting to, to, to see, um, Roger, that the broadband um, comments that came out in one of the newspapers in, in, in Scotland saw sterling come under immediate pressure. Uh, but the resilience of sterling remains quite remarkable, yeah. despite the fact that um, the data has been softening. And I think what we're seeing here is that... Uh, 
we've had a significant adjustment in sterling over the past year. We all know that. I think part of that view was based on the narrative that, yes, the UK economy is likely to slow down. We're seeing some moderate slowdown in UK yeah. economic growth. I don't think that that's going to be the catalyst for further sustained losses in sterling. I think what's holding sterling up here is the general perception that at, you know cable at 130 still remains a very attractive opportunity to invest the in old, if you're a foreign investor. The old issue of the value of sterling. But I mean, but just, just what you were just mm. saying about uh, data, are you suggesting that uh, data can continue to go south, but sterling won't go south with it? Well, if you look at cons- if you look at the uh, consensus estimates, we're not looking for a significant slowdown in the economy. I think we have 0.1 as, uh, as a quarterly outturn uh, uh, this year. Uh, but ultimately, you know, the market is fact- has factored that in. Um, you can see uh, the level of UK data surprises, which are now their most negative uh, for, for a number of months now, yet sterling has remained relatively resilient. Um, I'd also point out uh, that the the, the pound generally tends to be a pro- risk on currency. It generally tends to perform well during periods of uh, risk on, like we see with the Aussie dollar or the Kiwi. So it's performing very much as it historically has done through uh, business cycles. Okay. Um, Come on, we can't leave this week's edition without talking about next week and the ECB uh, and and its meeting on Thursday. Um, uh, what what's uh, with with this whole idea about the quantitative easing retreat um where, where, everybody really wants to focus on the ecb because presumably with the ecb moving others will move you know maybe sweden norway others will will come and follow um to what extent is is next week just another staging post or is it a little bit more critical i think we think it's another staging post um you know the baseline view at bank of america is that uh, there's going to be a slow drawn out affair lasting more than um you know the the next year or so we think that uh, <laughs> unfortunately that's that's that that that's the view i i think you know a more active discussion on balance sheet tapering will take place in september right over the last 48 hours i would say though that the euro has come under pressure across the board yeah. so i think the market now is maybe just pairing back some of this euphoria that we saw post the the sintra comments euro dollar towards that psychologically important 115 level the market probably is just a little bit hesitant a little bit more um you know focused on what draghi may or may not say um the risks are obviously that um you know th- there isn't a further clear direction of travel which may continue to weigh in the euro which is our baseline line view but certainly you know they are moving in a direction and a very state in a stated direction but they're going to take their time about uh, about clarifying what their uh, uh, what their intentions are it just feels that this this shift away from uh, qe has begun it really and, and canada really set it off today but it's going to be as you say, slow. It's going to be bitty. It's going to have full of, full of um, stops and starts, uh, and it's going to take its time. Absolutely. I mean, remember that the ECB has to contend with the fact that core inflation remains uh, extremely low in, in the region. Yes. Uh, it may be giving a little bit of a help by the fact that we have a reformist French Prime Minister uh, yeah. who is starting uh, the, the wheels of motion in terms of tax reform, and that may give the European economy a bit of a fillip. But ultimately, the inflation remains that mandate. No matter how much we, we are frustrated by the fact that, that central banks haven't achieved it, 2% remains their goal. Uh, and we still think that inflation pressures are likely to wane, particularly now given we've seen a bit of a up in euro dollar towards that 115 level as well so um you know the the the, the ecb will want does want to um to start tapering it does want to um end qe but it also has to be cognizant it can't be too fast too soon 
My thanks to Kamal Sharma of Bank of America, Merrill Lynch. Join us again next week on Hard Currency for reaction to that ECB meeting and all the other developments affecting the foreign exchange market. Until next. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This week, it's goodbye.